Hello and welcome to Your Path to Success with Ruth Kearns-Volman. I created this podcast to inspire, encourage and equip you on your personal path to success. And today I've decided to do something that I've never done before. Rather than interviewing someone else about their journey, I'm going to share a part of my own journey. And because that felt a little bit weird to me, I've invited my husband Daniel to join me for this conversation and to interview me in a certain way. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Um, Daniel, so that people have a bit of context, can you share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Okay, so I'm Daniel, I'm German, and I've been living in the Geneva area for about 13 years. And I'm a physicist working on particle accelerators, and there I work at CERN, which is the European Organization for Nuclear Research, which is running the biggest particle collider in the world. And there I work on the protection of this particle collider and make sure that it's not destroying itself. Yes. Great. Now, 2022 is a very special year for me and for us, in fact, because 10 years ago, I resigned from my corporate leadership role and we also got married. So that was, I didn't plan that both of those things would happen within a few months of each other, but they did. And they were both massive changes. In fact, my boss at the time said that these changes are the types of changes that cause so much stress that they can kill people. And it's a good job that they were both changes that I chose and that were positive. So I want to take this opportunity to talk about change and transition uh, because we all go through change and transition in our lives. And change is the part that happens externally. It's the new job, the career, the new relationship status and so on. And transition is what happens internally. It's our inner adaptation and growth with respect to the change. Change is a one-time event and transition is a process. You can probably relate to that. Probably some of you are going through a transition right now. You're adjusting to a change in your lives. It can be anything. It can be going back to the office after working from home so much during COVID. Now in 2012, I made two big choices. But I was able to make those choices because of a path of growth and inner journey that I was already on and that had started to have an impact on my outer journey. So I like to think of transition as an inner journey and an outer journey which dance with each other. There's an inner clarity that comes that drives the outer clarity and then then the outer clarity sometimes takes over. We make a change and the inner journey catches up with it. So inner clarity is what I know and understand about myself, who I am, my strengths, my values, my purpose, what's important to me, what I really want, and the principles I establish to make choices based on who I am. The outer clarity is about how I understand and make sense of my circumstances. So the opportunities, the threats, the relationships, the systems, what's expected of me, what I can count on, the certainty that there is or the lack of certainty. So, Daniel, does that make sense so far, what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I would like to understand a little better what you mean. Okay, clarity. Talk about inner clarity, outer clarity. And you talk about inner journey and outer journey. So how does the clarity work together with the journey? Okay, so, for example, when I made those two big choices in 2012 I've been on a journey of an inner journey over the previous five years or so in fact 
that journey was accelerated by the fact that I was in a job in a work environment where I felt I didn't fit in. And so I started to ask myself a lot of questions about who I was, my personality, my values, why was there a clash? Why was this so hard? And actually, at that time, a friend of mine suggested that I go on a coaching course. He said, you're going to love this. So I did. And I started this course, which was learning to become a coach, my first professional coach training. And when you're in that process, you also receive a lot of coaching. So I was being taken through the process that I now take people through. And I started to get a lot clearer on particularly my purpose, which was who I am and the impact I have on the world. Um, And as a result of that, I started to put that into practice in my everyday life. In fact, because I was finding my day job so hard, I found some passion projects to work on. So I started working on strengths, using StrengthsFinder with my team. I started to create a training to help people find their strengths at work with the HR department. I started to apply that also in the volunteering work I was doing outside work. So this clarity on, you know, who I am, what value do I bring, what's important to me. I remember even things at work as a team, we did the Myers-Briggs type indicator and discovering that one of the reasons why it was so hard was that I was on a a sales team and I think on the whole team of about 20 or 30 people, there were three introverts. And so that was something that started to make it clearer to me that there was a clash here in ways of working. Am I answering your question? I think that's... No, I think this is this is very good. So what I'm basically taking out of that a bit is that you take some some there is some outer things happening, which then trigger some inner journey. During the inner journey, one gets then at some points additional inner clarity, which then might trigger another outer movement, either basic here outer movement that you induce yourself. Other things might happen in addition outside, which you can't influence or only partially influence. Yeah. I think the inner journey, the self-awareness to also begin to name things brings clarity for yourself, not to put yourself in a box, but to be able to say, connection is important to me. Yes, I am an introvert. That means I need time to reflect on my own before I engage in that conversation. It allows you to set boundaries and to better navigate the outer journey on your own terms, if you like, I think. Okay, so now one question there. When you then take, when there's a big change, as you described before, changing career, getting married. So what did you do concretely to follow up or be able to follow your inner journey and the outer journey? So what concrete steps did you take? Well, there were a few things I did within my job. I started doing more coaching and mentoring within my job. I had the opportunity to train as an executive coach in P&G, so the door was open for me to coach people and to focus more on that type of organizational work. But that was all, you know, small steps which were like practicing this thing that at one point I knew that at one point I was going to have to take maybe a bigger leap of faith into something that was more radically different. I enjoyed my job, there were things I liked about it, but I realized that if I were to have most of my life focused on what I felt, where I felt I brought the most value, which was in helping people to step into their full potential, that the type of role I was in was not really compatible and I was spending a lot of time on that. So when the opportunity came up and I was offered a job 
in an organization, in, in a church um, in the Swiss Romande area where I had been volunteering and the church was growing at the time, it was expanding, I could see that I had a lot to offer, in fact, to help that expansion and scaling based on my professional experience and that it would also give me the opportunity on the pastoral side to do more of what I felt that I was called to do. And so it felt like a good fit. Okay, so how did you then go concretely about making this decision to do this big step? Well, it wasn't an easy decision, uh, clearly, because it was a big risk. It felt like I was committing career suicide. That's what I said to myself a few times. And But during this whole period, on and off during the five years, but particularly during a three-month sabbatical I'd taken in 2007, I kept a journal. And so I wrote down my experience, I wrote down my thoughts, I wrote down my peak experiences, you know, the moments where I felt fully alive. I'd written a lot down about what I felt also that God was saying to me as part of my faith journey. And so I had that to go back to to help evaluate. I also did very practical things like creating a budget, because if I was going to take a salary cut, I was going to need to understand how I was going to need to change my lifestyle, what I could afford all sorts of things like that. So it was a practical process of matching the inner journey with also some other things that I hadn't maybe considered or I'd taken for granted, like the type of lifestyle that I could lead and enjoy. And, you know, we were together by then. How did you experience it? I mean, for me, it was very interesting because we were together, but we were not yet on a level of commitment where I was willing already or we were in a position to go to decide these things together, to work on this decision together. But for me, it was very important because we were in, on that stage of the relationship that you were very clear for yourself what this would mean and that you wouldn't depend in any of this part of the decision on me or on our relationship. Nevertheless, for me, it was an uh, impressive change that you were going on because of the uncertainty, because of the, also the, for example, the financial risks, but also the, the future risks on the, on development, on your own opportunities. So for me, it was uh, impressive. I remember you saying, or you telling me that I had to make the decision on my own. And I was actually grateful for that because it meant that this was a change that I had to own for myself and that it wasn't mixed up with the decision about were we going to get married and build a life together? And it was also reassuring to know that, you know, basically, even though we hadn't yet made the decision to get married, that you were committed to me as a person, not to the job. Like you've joked, I thought I was marrying someone rich and then <laughs> and then you gave all of that up. Or that you weren't worried about, you know, the other way round of me taking on a pastoral role where there was much more financial risk. So that was a kind of interesting process in itself. It was a slight disappointment, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and then what about the decision to get married? So you made the decision to change job. I think you had a transition of one month where you basically in between the two jobs. So how did you get about this decision of getting married? And then what does it mean here, the inner, the outer journey? How does this come together? Well, you're quite familiar with the story, so I'm sure that you have your own perspective on that. But I think we'd done a lot of work up front when we first met. Because for me, when we first met, it was really quite inconvenient for me. Because I'd done a lot of healing work. That was part of the inner journey, I think. Healing from past hurts, past relationships. And I'd just come to terms with the fact 
that I could always be single and that was okay. I was quite happy with my life. I was on this in a journey, if you like, of finding myself and that I didn't need to, you know, have a life partner or be married in order to be fulfilled or add value to the world. So that was quite inconvenient, really. And I think I gave you quite a hard time at the beginning to check you were really interested. <laughs> so I remember this day in in January, I think, was a beautiful sunny day, but a fairly cold one. We went on the, one of the local mountains and there you gave me a really hard time. So, so what was that about? Well, I mean, as I said, because I come to the conclusion that single life was actually good, and I wasn't at all looking for a relationship, I wanted to make sure that we really had a potential future together, that, you know, we we wanted similar things in the way we wanted to build our lives. And I think it's a rather unusual approach, perhaps, to go and tell someone to look for a 24-year-old <laughs> because you're younger than me. But it did crystallise the fact for me that you weren't intimidated by me because it didn't put you off. I think when I said that, you know, why don't you go and find a 24-year-old? It was kind of coming out of my nervousness, my kind of vulnerability there. And it was a way of expressing, you know, I'm a bit older. And, you know, is that important? What happens if we can't have kids? And I put all of that stuff on the table, which was part of our decision-making process, you know, right towards the beginning. And then the period was about, well, is this really something that we both want? And are we both suited to one another? Because I could say that that's also a change. Deciding to even start a relationship was a change. And then we had to internally adjust to that and see, did this really work in practice, I think, before we could decide. Okay, so the change happened. You started a new career. We got married. Then what happened with the transition here? Well, I think it's important to realise that whatever change you make in your life, whatever decision you make, you cannot fully anticipate how it's going to work out. So almost by definition, you take a leap into the unknown. And the outer journey starts to lead that dance that I was talking about between the inner journey and the outer journey. The inner journey, we adapt to the change. We have to somehow catch up. We're playing catch up. And part of that is conscious and um, part of it is unconscious and I'm talking about even simple things like you're working in a different location so you have to maybe get up at a different time in the morning and when you are you know sharing your home with someone and you're sharing your life with someone they may not have the same morning habits as you or there's a lot of basic adjustment that needs to be made there or they bring butter into your fridge for example <laughs> they put butter in my fridge <laughs> And it all takes like, there's a mental load and an emotional load, as well as these kind of physical adjustment, which is totally normal and expected. And we need to be kind to ourselves and, you know, give ourselves time to adjust, even just purely from a, a routine point of view. I think from a work standpoint, it was a bit of a shock to the system, maybe bigger than I expected, because I knew that I'd been hired because I had relevant experience and that I had a lot of value to add. And I hadn't expected that to be challenged so much by, by the people and remembering to stay humble. Because I think I felt I knew the organization because I was working there as a volunteer for so long. But from the other people's standpoint, it can always feel like you're coming in and telling them how to do their jobs when they've been struggling with it themselves for so long. So taking the time to build trust and to understand how things work 
And of course, you know, as you've pointed out to me, there were there were many changes there. I was coming from a big organization with a lot of structure, a lot of processes to a small staff with not so many structures and processes who wanted me to bring that. And yet there was some resistance and a huge number of volunteers. So you're relying on a huge number of people with very little time. And it really challenges also your leadership skills in that type of organization, because you can't just ask someone to do something and expect it to be done. You have to kind of really enroll and engage them, envision them in the process and support them in in delivering it. So I think there was a lot of change there. And then, as you know, the changes basically came thick and fast because, you know, in the four and a half years that I was in that organization, we were constantly adapting to change. We moved house, we had a child. um, And in parallel with all of that, the organization I was working in went through a leadership change and crisis that hadn't been anticipated. And the key leader left on sabbatical just as I went on maternity leave, in fact, and ended up not coming back. So not only was there a lot of uncertainty and confusion, But the three of us who were in the lead team were having to deal with creating stability through a transition while also experiencing our own transition, if you like. And at that point, I changed roles slightly as well because I took a a role as managing director in the organization. So effectively, I was leading the vision and the change in the HR and the finance and all the things that made it possible for us to to restructure and move into a new phase. So now you had all these changes which were kind of intentional or planned or where you basically really built up the leap of faith and then you you went for it and then there were lots of changes which happened which you just mentioned in passing which happened which you hadn't anticipated but which clearly play an important role also for these transitions and, and the inner and the outer journey so what happened to your inner journey with all these new arrangements there well particularly with respect to the leadership transition and this, this like crisis we found ourselves in, I think that I made a decision early on that while none of us had anticipated this change and that that's not what I originally signed up for, that I was there for a reason. There was something I could do and I was there for a reason. So I, I made sense of it that way. I made sense of it, okay, this wasn't what I expected, but I can help to create some stability here. And I made a decision, and you'll remember that, that I just made a decision for the church that on a Sunday I was going to go to every single event, you know, say hello and goodbye to everyone. Maybe people didn't even notice that, but I just, I dialed up the presence, even though I was pregnant and, you know, that was an adjustment we had to make, by the way, that, you know, Sunday was suddenly a working day for me and we only had one day at the weekend together. So I think part of it was making sense of it for myself so that I could have the resilience to go through that process. And there was a huge amount of learning and growth there as well, even though at the time, I think I only caught up with that, with the growth afterwards, you know, the lessons learned. It took me to step back a bit later to to take those on board. I think it's clear here you had to deal with so many things at the time and really keep it together that I think there was not much time for you to really sit back and digest and digest also the learning there and the growth and acknowledge the growth you've gone through there. And I think that needs, I mean, looking at that back, needs a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned that to me earlier today, the moving house and how that affected me. I think I became really aware of that when our daughter was born because we moved out of Geneva, 50 kilometers out of Geneva. 
and we were in the countryside and suddenly I wasn't close via public transport to my support system anymore and I had to really I had to really work on that and I think when you're going through massive change knowing who you are internally and also having a support network of people who know you and have seen you through the years go through things I think is enormously important I think that was important to me because there were lots of things which were going on which it just wasn't possible to share fully so I think that was quite important too and I was also grateful obviously for you and the stability that you brought and and the support that you brought because we went on this roller coaster together I mean here I must say many of the things that I might have anticipated not everything we knew but here for example the impact that moving into the countryside as I'm from the countryside I didn't anticipate the impact that it would have for you because uh, you're a city girl so so <laughs> as I always say to our daughter I'm a big city kitty <laughs> and 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 okay it just showed me okay now there are some things that we can't overcome but I have to find a way with you together to lower this barrier as much as possible so you don't spend too much energy if you're in energy on digesting the journeys that you're making mm -hmm. okay and then you resigned from this job so how did this decision come about and then what did it do to you mm. what did it do to me so I mean yeah about four years into the role and we've been through a lot of change and as I explained with two other leaders we were leading an organization over more than one site our church over more than one site and we talked about restructuring and changes of personnel and many things were going on I think we got to a point where we've made some big decisions and I realized that I kind of made myself redundant if I was honest I was anticipating in myself that the role that I've been leading wasn't really needed anymore and that I needed to somehow let the other two take the lead in their areas and take a step back And so I kind of made myself redundant, which is a weird feeling. But also I was conscious of the fact that I had been kind of leaning into this whole thing for a while and that I put other things to one side. And in particular, that my dream that I'd always had of starting my coaching business, but had never done because there was so much to be done in the organization, had been put on hold. And so... That was really why I made the decision that it was time for me to do something different. And I remember actually we were away, we were in South Korea because you were at a, at a conference, an academic conference, and I took the time to reflect. And even though I'd already had this conversation with the other leaders that at some point it would be time for me to move on, either externally or internally, I realized I was tired and that I needed to anticipate that change and it needed to happen earlier. Yeah. So it was kind of a reset in a way, kind of taking back the controls and the design of my own path, work life and personal life, after a period where, you know, this outer journey had been taking the lead for me and I needed to catch up. At that moment, did you have any regrets of the past four and a half years, as you say? Well, yes and no. I think it's normal to look back and say, I wish I'd handled that better because that's how we learn and grow. But I also know that mostly... I did and, and we did as a, as a team our very best that we could at that time in difficult circumstances and with the resources and experience that we had. And, you know, I'm grateful, as I said before, for the stability we had at home because there was never really a question about the family priorities, the fact that we had a small child, that was a number one priority. So I also had other things in my life. And I felt, though, 
even though things didn't work out as we'd expected, there was a reason for me to be there. I was the right person in the right place at the right time. And as you know, I've also continued to volunteer in that organisation. And funnily enough, I feel as though since I'm no longer employed by the organisation, I've also been able to have an even more significant impact in a way than I was able to have before. So it wasn't really a question of leaving the organisation. There weren't any bad feelings in that way, but it was about stepping down for the role that I had. And it was part of my internal sense making too. And I also want to say this because I think it's important when we talk about change and transition, that with any change, whether we choose it or not, but perhaps particularly when we don't, there is a sense of loss. There is a sense of grieving for what we leave behind, for the part of us that we leave behind as we grow. And it's like we're stepping into new clothes. That's how I think of it. You know, it's like we've outgrown the old clothes and then we step into new ones that are too big for us at the beginning and we have to grow into them. So that's a little bit how I experience each of these changes and transitions. So now you went out of a role in a smaller organization you came from a big organization and in a small organization now you become an independent and a coach so how did you need to grow when you started your own business well some of it's quite obvious I mean I set out with the intention of completing my professional coach certification and I think I completed three different certifications in the space of 18 months which was hugely you know it was a wonderful experience and enriching It also gave me time to go back on that reflection and make sense of what had happened. Um, I mean, I remember you enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed these type of trainings. I, I enjoy learning. I enjoy training. I enjoy the coaching. And it is a way for me to to grow as well and to, as I said, catch up and have all the things joined together. And I think we get to points on our outer journey where we hit what... John Maxwell will call a leadership lid, a point where something is limiting our growth. It can be something internal. It could be a past hurt that we haven't dealt with. It could be the organization we're in. It could be a boss or a leader that we are under and we no longer have room to grow. And I think that is also where I was. In the past five years since I've launched my business, I have consciously raised the bar for myself in different areas, I would say. Can you give some examples for these, for these areas where you did that? Yeah, well, one was about stepping up and taking the lead from the front. I think from a very young age, other people have put me in leadership roles. But for most of my adult life, if I'm honest, I hid behind someone else's vision or leadership. And, you know, when you're in a big organization or you're working under a very strong or charismatic leader, you can always hide behind the structure, behind the vision that someone else has created. And I make a good right-hand person. I make a good person from leading from behind. I can set other people up for success and make them look good really easily. But one of the reasons why I started my own business is that I decided that it was time for me to take that, the lead myself and to step up. Even though visibility, you know, and what you call selling myself, if you like, is a constant battle for me. I have deliberately also taken the time over the past few years to revisit and face into some of those past hurts that had kept me small in order to do that by working with my own coach, for example. I do want to ask you a question, though. Can I ask you a question? You can, always. How have you seen my leadership grow from your perspective over these years? Ah, there you are basically pushing me. <laughs> Okay, so I think 
a couple of things that I could ma- nail down. I think what you've really, what I've observed you doing, and that was clearly already during your previous job, but especially now that since you've been independent, you really put structures for your support structures in place so that you can function at your best and so that to to lower the barrier and the clutter around. You also learned a lot to push forward your own agenda besides opposition, besides maybe circumstances that are not perfect for that, where you would maybe before have taken a step back or maybe not have done this so clearly. And then finally, which I find really very nice and great to see, is that you've become much more clear of what you're willing to compromise on and where you say, no, this I don't, I don't want to compromise. So be it on your volunteer work, be it with clients or, or work that people propose or offer to you, there you really put yourself in a position where you make intentional choices. Where do I want to invest time? Where do mm. I want to go for? And what is not on my target? Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of work still to be done for all of us, but I do feel like that this clarity, when we come back to the clarity word, the kind of the inner clarity and matching up this inner clarity with the outer clarity has been key for me. And I do want to mention, in thanks to you, a moment that brought extreme clarity to me it was a moment when you were frustrated with me for not stepping up. And you said to me, why do you always sit in the second row you're too good to be sitting in the second row and that was kind of your way of saying to me step up now and take your place and that's kind of been a theme for me I think in my life which I also kind of love to give to other people in my coaching is you know step up and take your place and don't be afraid of failure don't be afraid of taking someone else's place you know just as long as you come with the right intent it will work Anyway, talking too much now, we need to come to a close. Yeah, so I think to close it up, I think it's good if you could summarize a bit the process of navigation change and transition and how to get about these things in a practical sense. Yeah, okay. So to summarize, as I said, change is external, it's an event, and transition is our internal adaptation, our psychological adaptation to the change. And the transition starts before the change and it ends after it and in many ways we're always in some sort of transition because you know we're just adjusting to one thing when another change comes along and there's an outer journey those are the things we do the choices we make and there's an inner journey which is our personal growth the way we make sense of who we are our values purpose and principles the principles that actually then enable us to make choices on the outer journey These two journeys are like a dance. So sometimes the outer journey of change leads and we adapt with our inner journey and sometimes our inner journey overtakes and leads us to drive change ourselves. And I think I would say there are three things that are helpful to focus on or to help us along the journey. The first is seeking the inner clarity. So knowing yourself, getting clear on your purpose, your values and your principles. You know, I've done that a lot through coaching. Being coached was a breakthrough for me in gaining that inner clarity. But there are other ways you can do too. I would say it's important to, for example, journal. I mentioned journaling. There are different ways you can start to name these things. Seeking outer clarity is the second thing. So if one, we seek the inner clarity. Two, we seek the outer clarity. And this is about facing the reality of our circumstances. Maybe this idea of leadership led. You know, do I have the right circumstances for me to grow? And making choices 
more intentional choices that align with your purpose, choices that lift this leadership lid or get you out of your comfort zone so you have room to grow. And the third thing that I would say is really important, I've already mentioned it, is to create your own support structure. That can be people from a people perspective. It can be peers, friends. It can be mentors or sponsors. It can be a coach. It can be people in your team. Create a support structure for yourself that can help you along the way. Another support structure thing for me is the journaling or writing things down. It's a good way of articulating in the outside world what's going on inside of us and for me and you mentioned this a bit too in the way that I've grown is really to set myself up for success to have the structures and processes for reflection and growth so it's how I organize my day how I organized you know rest compared to productivity times and hard work okay now I know that you coach people for their inner and their outer journey I also know from personal experience how important this is during a change, uh, before or after a change. This really a very powerful tool. But besides that, what other opportunities are coming up for people to work with you? Well, of course, my absolute favorite is coaching people one-on-one because I get to walk a part of a journey with someone and we get together to design that in a personalized way and usually I work with people over a period of time say six months or whatever and we do that uh, remotely particularly supporting people as they step up to new challenges so that there is a change in the outside world and they're adapting to that change but it can also be the process of when people are going on the inner journey that to, to, to make a decision about a change I also I'm going to start some group coaching in the autumn again in September and I've decided to do a group coaching program. I'm calling it This Is Me. It's around this inner clarity on who you are, your values, your purpose, your personality, all those things that can help you gain the inner clarity. So there'll be more with that. And then I've got two workshops coming up. I've got a one-day workshop for people who live in the Swiss Romande, who live in this area. It's called your Launchpad to Success, which is about reigniting your purpose and passion. And in that day, on the 3rd of September, we'll go on a journey of reconnecting with purpose and passion, looking at what's holding you back, busting some of those things and putting an action plan in place. And you can book for that or for another workshop I'm doing, which is a kind of free taster around purpose on the 26th of August on my website. It's yourpathtosuccess.ch forward slash events. That's it. So thank you so much, Daniel, for helping me to talk out loud about change and transition in the past 10 years. Thank you. It was a joy. (laughs) And don't forget, if you want to hear more stories of other people's journeys and their leadership journey and their path to success, do subscribe to the podcast and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye. Bye.